with Aaron, Tim, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. Well, guys, it seems like it's been a while since we've talked. So I want to I, I want to take a moment and just lean in and hear about what's going on with Tim and Wayne. So that much, huh? Yeah, I'm guessing that'd be exciting. <laughs> so, Tim. No, nothing Tim, major. You were off for Veterans Day. I was. Right? And, uh, you know, thank you for your service. And uh-huh. uh, uh, what, what did you do on Veterans Day? I played a ridiculous amount of video games. <laughs> What'd you play? I, I, I played Destiny. That's uh-huh. that's my game. Uh-huh. It hasn't left the machine. <laughs> Well, you know, I think that is the, the entire purpose of Veterans Day is to uh, is to play video games. I think to shoot was... fake guns at fake aliens. Yes. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we have to remember the people who fought in those battles. You know, in Destiny. Right. So yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, on Instagram, I posted uh, an image on Veterans Day, and I have to say that normally I get anywhere from ten likes to. 50-ish likes on any given picture I'll post. And if it's a picture of cigars and scotch, it's generally in the 50s range. If it's a picture of my dog, it's generally 10, right? Um, (laughs) I posted a picture of the Captain and Tennille and just posted, thank you for your service. Two likes. (laughs) That seems reasonable. (laughs) Two likes. (laughs) (laughs) So It was actually interesting. At work, we had... uh, the day before Veterans Day was the 250th anniversary of the Marine Corps. So we had a Marine Corps birthday party where they had the uh, – apparently there is a full ceremony that they do for these. And uh, a retired Marine Corps something you know, was uh, facilitating the whole thing. He was in the dress uniform. They played the one of the annual videos, and they, have the, they wheeled a big cake up there, and he – they cut the cake with the sword. I'm like, you know, I have never seen a cake cut with a sword before. It seems like that might be bad for the sword. So apparently so. the sword is a it's a ceremonial sword that they wear and use for these things, where the blade itself is all blunt except for the end, and the end is sharp. So it's a stabby sword. I didn't sword know that a, either. It's a stabby sword as opposed to a cutty sword. Yes. Yeah. But it cuts cake just fine. It, will it uh, will it steal your soul? You know, if they poke you with it, will it take your soul? I, I don't know. I didn't let him poke well, me. Well, is it is it a dancing sword? You know, will it, will it spring free from your from your hand and attack somebody? I, I'm gonna guess no. What it will did it, was cut cake. Will it compel you to say there will be only one? <laughs> is Tim's reference? I get and understand. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> D and D references. D and D references. So, so, so two things uh, along the front of Aaron is wrong. Yeah. Um, I uh, I find it dubious that you would consider the captain an actual like military title for the captain Tennille. Well, he wears the hat. He wears that captain's hat. He has true. To, he has true. to have oh, had some mil- kind yeah. of military yeah. service in order to wear that hat. Tim, God, pull your head out of your ass. Yeah, I forgot that military surplus stores check for your military ID. <laughs> they I'm that. just offended that you didn't also have a picture of the village people to thank the <laughs> and, one uh, Navy guy for his uh-huh. service. Next, and, and, you got to leave something and, in the uh, pot, Wayne. And uh, just to defend Phil Collins for a minute because we're not done with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and Phil, Tim, is, Phil, Tim is referring to uh, Paul and I's conversation from last week about the uh, the uh, petition that went out to you know keep Phil Collins from rekindling his musical career. Go ahead, Tim. Which which by the way, people that signed that petition get off my lawn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the dude wants to make music. Shut the hell up. Yeah. All right. So Phil Collins didn't like take over Peter Gabriel's spot, Aaron. Phil Collins was the drummer, right? Right. He stepped up. Right. He stepped like, up. He was promoted. Yeah, so he like expanded his role. Right. The other two, the other two jabrones didn't like say, "Hey, I'll sing." They said, "Hey, Phil, you're not doing anything back there with both hands in your mouth. Why don't you uh-huh. fucking sing?" Yeah, you can play drums and sing. Yeah. Yeah. And no, he's no, like, that- "Do I get more money?" And they're like, "No." 
<laughs> so, I, and and if if that is how uh, my position came off, I apologize because that was not my intent. You know, I just know that there is there there is still some Genesis rage about Phil Collins stepping up. Yeah, this isn't a this isn't a Sammy Hagar David Lee Roth situation. Yeah, but I think people think that it is. I think people are like, oh, you know, Phil Collins. <laughs> who the hell does he think he is? They should just quit. The, they should just quit the band. <laughs> Social media is just awash with the Peter Gabriel, <laughs> Phil Collins spat from thirty years ago. Yeah, which, uh, by the way, Peter Gabriel, I think I think you lost out on that one. I'm just uh, saying. Uh. Um, for the record, if social media would have existed 30 years ago, I bet it would have been all a Twitter with it. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. So, but but you're completely in agreement that it's appropriate to have a petition against Glenn Fry, though, right? You're down. I, I have no official stance on that. So no official that, stance, if, but, but... Tacit but, acceptance. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So... I want to alienate the Glenn Fry voters out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to be too late for folks uh, who, who listen to this on the podcast, but I am really excited about something that's happening tomorrow. Uh, it is the 100th birthday of King Features, and so in t- uh, Sunday papers all around the nation tomorrow, there'll be like a 16-page comics supplement to the Sunday paper uh, featuring uh, many of your favorite King Features strips. Um uh, and I, I'm just I'm, I'm particularly excited for the first time in probably five years I'm buying a Sunday paper tomorrow. Wow, you bought a paper five years ago? <laughs> it's going to be the first time in 15 years that I've bought one. Uh, it's been a while. I think the last time was was at a diner having breakfast, and I was like, huh, I could use something to read. And I got so it. So it's going to be like 15 pages of Family Circus, like footprints falling around <laughs> a, like a yard. Yeah, not me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's yeah. Daddy? I'm, I'm expecting a big, uh, a big uh, Prince Valiant uh, strip, and yeah, some Blondie perhaps, and a little Hagar the horrible. Yeah, I was gonna say we finally see Hagar beat his wife, like yeah. we know he does off camera. And I think it's Sammy Hagar the horrible. Sammy Hagar the horrible is or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he 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 cannot drive 55, Tim. Uh, I love me so Sammy I would Hagar. totally read a Sammy Hagar the Horrible comic. <laughs> God. You're going to get oh. some Beetle Bailey and perhaps some Andy Cap, some Garfield. I remember growing up, I used to love Beetle Bailey. I had uh, a couple of the books. You know, I, un- underrated comic figure, Sarge. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just, I, I and, and, you know, Sarge <laughs> has one of my favorite lines in the Beetle Bailey comic strip. You know, this guy's talking to him, and you know it's 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 three panels, right? This guy's you know big wall of text in the first panel, and Sarge is just staring at him. Second panel, Sarge just continues to stare. Third panel, Sarge says, "I'm sorry, I can't hear you when I'm salivating." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for some reason, that line has stuck with me my entire life. <laughs> I, I can't hear you when I'm salivating. Sarge is really sort of my role model. That's the Airhead seduction line, isn't it? <laughs> after you read that, every time after that, where you had the opportunity with a woman, yeah, the uh, when she started speaking, the first thing you would say was, "I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I'm salivating." That's right. That's right. And then the love starts. I was gonna say, uh, I want to know the percentages on how often that worked. Oh, at least once, time. huh? Yeah, bat- <laughs> I, I'm, I'm batting a hundred on that. One. <laughs> <laughs> Which means you've never done it. That's right. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to checking out the uh, King feature. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a Sunday paper, I'm going to pull out the comics, and the rest of it goes to recycling. That's what's going to happen tomorrow. Just yeah, like what happened with Anders? the Sunday paper 15 years ago when I bought them. <laughs> what did you say, Tim? You're going to read Ann Landers? You're not going to see what, what's for, what rummage sales are happening in your neighborhood? I, I, I'm not going to do any of those things. You're not going to read the letters to the editorials? No. No, those, though I'm, I, might, I might read the cheers and jeers. <laughs> you know, cause they, do, they do that section of the paper where it's like, cheers to the guy who gave me 25 cents to pay for my my uh, when I was short for my laundry bill. Cheers to the guy who cut me off in traffic on Tuesday. You know, the cheers and cheers. Uh, the difference, Tim, the, is that's the for us, we, like we need three inches to fill. That's exactly right. That's oh, no, exactly the difference right. for us, Tim, is we hear that. 
for Aaron, he's searching the jeers to see if anyone's talking about him. That's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> to the jerk in the in the flash shoes. Yeah, yeah. What's up did with that re- guy? Did you really have to get six bean burritos before we got in a car <laughs> together? <laughs> yeah, six. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I, they were they were fifty cents a piece. I had three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> One is understandable, two is reasonable, three is excessive, and six is a felony. No. Well, and you got you got to get them spicy. Don't forget that. Spicy. <laughs> you got to get these spicy bean burrito so it burns on the way out. So <laughs> I, I don't want to. No, I don't want them to have to go to the bathroom in two hours. I want to have to go in the bathroom in like ten minutes. <laughs> so is it wrong that if I think I'm going to have to fire it in the car, I hit the button that locks the uh, window so they can't be rolled down? That's terrible. Because that I wrong. totally do that. <laughs> that is that is really wrong, Wayne. This is why you never ride in a car. You're not a friend. <laughs> and you're driving yourself to Mancon next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Diabolical. Diabolical is what he is. You know, because some people just want to watch it burn. Some people just want to fart the world on fire. (laughs) And by watching it burn, I'm talking about your noses. Yeah, that's terrible stuff. That's terrible stuff. So let's talk about something better. Um, Anything. uh, Jessica Jones, this week on Netflix, streaming. The whole thing. The whole schmear. Jessica Jones versus the Purple Man. You know, so, I think there's even a trailer or so I haven't seen because I don't need to see any more trailers. The last trailer got me really excited. I yeah, I can't wait for this thing to drop. Yeah, okay. same here. I, I'm, I'm not. Damn excited. I'm not saying I'm not going to see it, but I'm not, I'm not as excited as you guys are. I, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I think I, they cast the, the the main the main character correctly, but like compared to Daredevil, my my interest level is way lower than it was. Do you think that the issue may be that you're just afraid to love? Um, no. I, I, I let, let's dig a little deeper here, Tim. Okay, all right. Um, hit me. Um, you know, where did the man touch you? Uh, where did he? <laughs> I, I'm excited about it. I, you know, but but my excitement comes from the fact that I really like the source material. Uh, yeah. So, and that may be your issue is that you you may not. I never read it. I never read Alias. So yeah, Alias was so stinking yeah. good. Some of my excitement is David Tennant as the villain. I'm yeah, really I really pumped that. about that. I do like me some David Tennant, and this is the first thing I'll have seen him in that wasn't Doctor Who. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that how that plays out. Yeah, I've maybe, a, maybe I've that's seen him in a few too. things, and uh, I've really enjoyed him in everything he's been in. Just found out that uh, St. Louis Comic Con next year, you know, the Wizard World, David Tennant and Billy Piper are going to be there. Mm. So uh, I definitely, I'll probably spend the money to get my picture taken with. There's him. yeah, there's four hundred bucks picture. I don't need. Yeah, <laughs> well, my wife and I already have our picture with Matt Smith, so. We'll have our picture then with two doctors, just I'm like six. just like Aaron and Paul with Stephen Amell, sort of. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hovering S- hands, sort yeah. of. These are my boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it's the, the hate of anything Doctor Who, be since they, you know they cast Doctor Strange as a Doctor Who clone. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but, I'm gonna uh, watch it, and I'll probably like it, but I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, but you know, I. I did you guys watch uh, the the pilot episode of Man in the High Castle over on Amazon? You know they they, they streamed they streamed it for free for anybody, but it's going to be part of their Amazon Prime. Uh, did you either of you guys watch that? I had no idea what Man in the High Castle was until yesterday. Okay, so Man in the High Castle is based off of a Philip K. Dick uh, novel um, about what if the Axis powers won World War Two. And so uh, America is under subjugation and is divided to, uh, you know, part of its Germany, part of its uh, Japan, you know, uh, under, under those, those power controls. And, you know, there's a, a, a struggling resistance movement uh, going on. And that's what, that's what the pilot was. And it was really good. Uh, you know, Amazon does this thing like vote on the pilot, let us know what you think, and if they get enough votes, they'll produce it into a series, which is what they're doing. So if you're a Prime member, you'll have access to uh, uh, Man in the High Castle. Anyway, I, I really enjoyed the, the the pilot. I thought it was really well done, well See, produced, well acted, well written. I love alternate history, 
and uh, so I, after I uh, read about what the, you know, what the book was about, I went ahead and added it to my Audible as a, you know, my wish list. So I'll probably pick that up when I get my next set of credits. Uh, but I find, I don't know, I've, I'm not a big fan of Philip K. Dick's work. I think his books make really good movies. I think that Philip, and, and I, I agree with you, I don't really enjoy uh, a lot of Philip K. Dick. I like his short stories better than I like his novels. That's definitely um, fair. He's a good concept guy. That's he's a why great I think, concept guy. That's why I, I think, think so much of his stuff makes good movies. Yeah, well, and I, I think that's why, I think you have, and this is probably a terrible thing to say, but you have better fiction writers working on the concept in the TV show, I think, than you did the novelist working on his novel. I'm more of an Andy Dick fan. I uh, <laughs> really like him in news radio. And Paul, or, he just likes Dick. Pa- so. Paul, Paul likes Andy Dick. <laughs> uh, so, like yeah, mother, I, like son. I am just really looking forward to, uh, to watching Man in the High Castle. Uh, it was good stuff. So, uh... Paul and I talked a lot about TV last time around, but, but I'd like to take an opportunity to chat with you guys about what you're watching. I think we're, we're all in the same place. I think that while we haven't watched uh, this week's shows, we've watched everything up to that in terms of Arrow and The Flash. So, uh, you know, let's, talk, let's start off with Arrow. Uh, Tim, when we last left you, when we talked about Arrow, you were like, you know, I don't need another season of Arrow. Uh, you know, the last season really, you know, kind of functioned as a, as a series ender. I think I'm good. I don't have to have any more. So I'm really curious to see what your perception is of this season of Arrow. Well, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm not I'm not a bit I don't know. It, it's kind of a hit and miss thing with me. So what I don't like is I don't like the the upgrade to magic in in the Arrowverse. And the and I know that's something you and Paul talked about. You actually liking, right? I, it's not. I don't like it, but I understand it because I think you after three three. This is the fourth season. I think so. Yeah, after three seasons, they had to change the premise a little bit. They had to change the stakes some, and so I understand it's kind of a necessary evil in my opinion. You know, so I get it, but it doesn't feel the same. Um. You know, I there's been some good things like Oliver running for mayor is the dumbest thing ever. Oh, see, I love Oliver running for mayor. Oh, I mean, you know, it's just stupid. Like, you have a high enough profile, and you're running around anyways, being Arrow, and enough mm-hmm. people know, and it's like, get Diggle to run for mayor or something. You could fund <laughs> Diggle to be mayor. Give him, give that guy something more to do, because right now what he's doing is pissing me off. Well, but, but you know, how's he going to run with that helmet? Stupid. <laughs> We're talking <laughs> politics here. You know, nobody knows who Diggle is. Everyone knows who Oliver Queen is. No, no. It doesn't matter that people may. A lot of people may hate him. They know his name, and that's what starts a campaign. I, I have no doubt that he will get more votes than than Diggle would. I'm just saying that there's that's a stage for a character on that show to do something. Like you could, like I wouldn't want it, but you could have Laurel do it because she's like the district attorney or whatever. Yeah, that that's actually a fair point. That yeah. would have been that would have been something for her to do, other than whine about her sister being dead coming back. Wah, wah. <laughs> wah your sister's dead. Wah, your sister's back to life and doesn't have a soul. Yeah. <laughs> the last episode I saw, I have not seen the episode with with uh, Constantine yet. Oh yeah, that's oh, a yeah. good show. That was that was really it is, good. It is amazing to me, and I know I said this last week, but I'll say it again. It is amazing to me how I really couldn't stand the NBC Constantine show. But I mean, the from the minute he's on the screen in Arrow, I loved that guy. I mean, the CW just has such a better way of producing these shows. It, it's hard to beat Keanu Reeves Constantine, and I don't think that he, is a good. Yeah, that is a good movie. And I don't, but, and I don't think this guy beat it, but he's believable he's a, and, it, and it and it works. And one, I think he's his own thing. I mean, I really, I, I don't, I in my mind, I don't compare the two at all because they seem such an apples oranges comparison. Okay, that's fair. So I guess bottom line, I'm still watching Arrow. I still uh-huh. think it's got pretty good, pretty good production quality and all that. It's not. It wasn't before my favorite uh, like hero show on TV anymore, but 
um, I'm enjoying it. And it's worth the watch. So, Timmy, I'm sorry, <laughs> Wayne, uh, so, what, what are your thoughts around Arrow this season? I'm kind of with Tim that I don't – it's not that I don't like that they're adding magic in. It's that the magic they're adding is not – it's too upfront and visible and not quite the creepy dark factor. Right. So like, what Arrow did really well that this is not – it's not doing it all this season is it was the dark show. Flash was the light show. Arrow was the dark show. And Arrow is a lot more in your face with the superpowers this season. Mm-hmm. And I kind of miss that. I don't know. It's it's definitely a different feel to the season. You know, the first season, there was really no superpowers. Second season, they started getting into it. But now, I mean, it's it's all over the place. I, so, uh, I kind of like it to get a little grittier again. I, I'm just glad that we seem to be on the other side of a, of a lot of things that we know have to happen prior to the mid-season replacement uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. You know, we knew the Sarah thing had to happen, uh-huh. and th- that kind of sucked a lot of drama out of the room because you know that's going to happen. Um, we know that the, you know something's going to happen with Ray Palmer. You know, they tell us he's dead, but we know that he's not dead because he's going to be in Legends of Tomorrow. So, yeah. And I have um, a feeling the uh, that they've set up the storyline for that with all of the phone failures that Felicity keeps having. Right, right. Well, and this week's episode, though I haven't watched it yet, I believe is uh, uh, a lot about Ray Palmer, uh, just based on the the previews I saw. So, you know, we'll see. I just I, I'm ready for them to get on the other side of stuff that I don't know about, so that uh, there can be some some. Sus- suspense in the show yeah and over on flash they've dealt with uh firestorm mm-hmm. and I, I, I know do, uh, go ahead tim i was just gonna say one last thing about arrow uh i totally agree that the main the main bad guy is an awesome get absolutely oh god i love him damien I Dirt love for the him. Win. yeah i, I just I, I love that actor he is uh he's just as creepy as he can be yeah and and he really kind of plays the same guy and everything he's in <laughs> He does, but, yet, but you know, I'm like, I'm like, that's okay because that guy is awesome. Yep. <laughs> he was the bad guy in, um, oh, I want to say the second to the last season of Justified, and just as just as creepy a guy as he could be, you know, presents himself as a as a big family man, and then you know, uh, some guys in the in the uh, the house that that they've set up for their base of operations, and he he hears a noise and he opens up this door, and there is a guy. Strung out uh, on on a bed in, in the bedroom, naked, you know, uh, tied out at the wrists and at the ankles, and he's ball gagged, and he's you know, like just the, the the tar has just been beaten out of this guy, and he's just screaming, and the guy his eyes are wide, like, oh great, someone's here to help me, and you know the guy who plays Damian Dark in in uh, Arrow walks over and says, no no no, and closes the door, no you, the bathroom's over here. And that's all he says about it. He never addresses why the guy's in there. <laughs> you know, one thing I loved about when they did start introducing Magic and Arrow was they have that conversation of uh, Oliver tells him, you know, I've seen some stuff. And everyone just kind of looks at him and gives him the, uh, you know, and you didn't tell us that Magic is real? Right. Well, I, I I liked that uh, more is going on on the island other than just you know secret scientific research and you know covert operations that there's you know some kind of secret temple there. <laughs> I, I I have been someone who hasn't enjoyed the island, but I really enjoyed the Constantine as Indiana Jones bit in that episode. Yeah, the so flashbacks you, this season are much better than last season's flashbacks. Yeah. Do, do, do you think that they they've got actresses couching right now, Aaron, trying to reach it backwards? <laughs> um, wouldn't that be awesome I, I need be. some if you're gonna bring me Zatanna though I'm gonna need the fishnets oh yeah that's mandatory because I don't get that on the black canary you know they're not giving me fishnet uh-huh. black canary so you better goddamn give me I'm gonna need her in fishnets and tails and a top hat to be fair I don't know if I need to see laurel black canary and fishnets <laughs> well, what about white canary white can- I'm, I'm, I'll <laughs> are you check for that check <laughs> Can I also complain? I think I'm the only one that doesn't. I I hated her costume when she was the Black Canary, and I didn't think she looked like she looked really hot as Sarah. But the moment she put on the costume, it just lost all appeal. I think it was the what they did with her hair and her makeup. 
Well, I just want to say that there has been a woeful absence of Thea Midriff this season. <laughs> like none. That is true. Yeah. Very I true. I mean, I was like, what? Why am I watching this show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Woeful absence. Okay, Flash. Tim, how are you feeling about Flash this season? God, I love the professor. Like the, the, this Professor this, Stein? The, no, no, not that guy. Uh, the particle accelerator guy. God damn it, Ed. What's his, what's oh, that? yeah. Uh, uh, Dr. Uh, how have we forgotten this? Um, the guy from um, Star Labs. Yeah. Um, God, I can't. I cannot remember his name, but yes. The guy. Like, this is killing reverse, me because I want to make yeah. fun of you guys, but I can't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> he was Reverse Flash last season, and he is... Wells. Thank you. Harrison hey, Wells. Yeah. I was Google-fooing it. <laughs> I love Wells in this uh, in this in this season. Yeah, he's such an a hole. Oh yeah, but but not they, a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. No, and so everybody hates him. But they're like, but he's doing the right thing, sort of. Yeah, I thought I thought Cisco repeatedly touching him was kind of creepy. Like the first time, it's, and he's like, he's supposed to be super smart. How could he not know that that's what he did when he spilled that? I'm like, are you serious? Because there's a scene where like Cisco is trying to get a vibe, which by the way I hate that. He's trying to get a vibe <laughs> off, off Doctor Wells, and like the first time he runs through it, Doctor Wells is like, "You're trying to freaking touch me and get a get a you know get a, a sense of what's going on." And he's like, "Oh no, I'm just being weird." And then he does it again, and then Wells is like shocked that that happened. It's like, okay, that's pretty dumb. Yeah. Um. I really enjoyed getting Jay Garrick on the show. I think his costume looked great. Yeah. I just want him to get his powers. I really happen. I really yeah. like Zoom, like the yeah. like the it, the look of that character, mm-hmm. the CGness, I guess. I tell you what, I did a I did a I had to pause the the show when you know Wells came over and they're they're talking about you know who he is and why he's not a bad guy, and I'm like, okay. Let me backtrack. So Eddie Thawne kills himself, which eliminates the line of the Thawns in Earth One, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get Aobard uh, uh, coming around to be Reverse Flash, right? Mm-hmm. So and and but then I'm struggling with okay, well, if he kills him, right? Linearly speaking, you know, if if Eddie shoots himself so that he never, ha- you know, sires his great grandson or whatever, uh, Aobard, um, then Aobard never replaces Harrison Wells at that car accident, right? Oh no, we're having a time travel discussion. I know, right? And I'm just like, I'm like, okay, so but it already it, happened, exactly. So I, I guess you just have to leave that alone. But Harrison Wells. In the other reality, that never happened to. So, so the Thawne in that reality never became Harrison Wells in Earth Two reality. It's very confusing. And he had a daughter. Yes, but it makes you wonder: is is there a Thawne functioning as Zoom? I've been wondering that as well. If that's who it's going to end up being, I'm very curious about who's going to be under the mask. I well, really, I really hope they don't tell us. I gotta be honest. I really don't want to know. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping it's alt. It's uh, Earth Two Barry Allen. There is uh, some. There's there's a lot of conversation going on online that uh, the guy who plays Barry's dad, who played the Flash in the original Flash series, uh-huh. is Doctor Zoom. Oh, that would be cool too. Because <sighs> that was my one problem with this season was uh, so I didn't need him on the show as a regular appearance thing anyway. But I just don't buy the whole, I got out of jail, I have no job or no money, but I'm going to now go travel and leave the city. You know, I've been, you've been visiting me and I've been spending all this time with you, my son, who now is a superpowered hero, but I just hold you back. I'm going to leave town. I didn't buy that either. I think there's some, I think there's a shoe dropping. I don't think that was just terrible writing. It, boy, it sure did feel like terrible writing it because I'm feels like, like if, it. if I have spent my entire life trying to get you out of prison, and the first thing you do when you get out of prison is say, "Okay, well, I'm moving out of town." It deuces. Why, why am? Why don't you just go the fuck back to prison, old man? Yeah, you were more in my life when you were in prison. Absolutely, that's right. That's right. I, I, mean, I, 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 
I love Flash so much. I love the show. That still bothers me. That scene. I just, I don't buy that in any way. I hope you're right, Tim. I hope that it's more than just bad writing because that really bugged the tar out of me. Even if you know what it screamed of to me, it screamed of we have an we have an actor that we have for cameos, but we don't have the uh, contract enough for him to be a regular and he didn't have to be in every episode it could have just been you know he gets his own apartment and he's just in every now and again just like he was before you know how many family members do you see every day yeah or he's just somebody for joe to talk to every three episodes when he can't talk to mary yeah or his daughter absolutely Absolutely. He could have been. No, it's like, let's let's instead spend all that money we could have got John Wesley shipped for the entire season, but let's just get 10 seconds at King Shark. You're right. Well, that, that, that was, was the money. Just, just <laughs> hey, hey, I'm not complaining about that 10 seconds of King Shark. That was that was some badass stuff. So, I mean, that was pretty bad. I mean, it was no grod, but it was still pretty badass. You know that there is a grod King Shark team up coming. Uh, oh, I, they don't have I, the I'm money gonna, for that. Well, it'll be it'll be five seconds. It'll be the best five seconds you've ever seen. So what do you two think of the new love interest this season? I oh, the, I was just going to get to that. I I really think there's a, actual chemistry between the actor and actress. Like I do, too. Where there's not with Iris and him. I completely agree. Well, and I and, love and that she's they're... just as cute as she can be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I love that they're making her intelligent. Like the uh, that she's able to call him on his sitcom bullshit of being blind on a date. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I hate her last name. I'm just gonna say that right now. It's yeah. stupid, and they shouldn't Spivet. have put it in. It bothers the fuck out of me. Yeah. Is it, <laughs> is it because it's a little you know Eastern European ethnic, and you've got a problem with that, or is there something else going on there too? No, it sounds dumb. It's just. <laughs> it's, <laughs> It's, it sounds like she's a part on a washing machine. I don't need that. Yeah. Well, it did send me. I, I immediately started, you know, uh, searching my memory. Like, okay, is she somebody? But I think she's created the whole cloth yeah. for the show. Yeah, like no, million, do- million, million dollar books, really? ten cent like name, like terrible. Is she really? Is she yep. really from the comics, Wayne? She is. She had died. basically she had this huge crush on him in the comics. Huh. And uh, Barry or Wally. Uh, that's a good question. Does I don't know it, if it was Barry or Wally. Matter. Oh no, but it does. <laughs> I want to say it was uh, it was Barry, but he had no interest in her because you know he already had a girlfriend. Uh, they she's a big part right now in the Flash comic books as his current girlfriend. Huh. So um, they reveal when Iris is talking to her mom, right? And, you know, the, the mom, Iris, has discovered that there's another child who was born like nine months after mom left town. Um, and, you know, the question is, you know, is it Joe's? And it, but, but don't tell me I don't want to know, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Because um, it's tell me I want to know and then get the fuck out is what you say. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole mother angle is redonk. <laughs> but terrible. I kind of think maybe that's Wally. I think the same thing. As yeah. I was watching it, uh, what? You know, Sarah was wondering about it, but it's like that would make perfect sense. It would be a good way to bring him in, mm-hmm. and it would make that whole stupid mother storyline actually pay or off something. on something yeah. to have Wally show up. Yeah. There's no payoff to the mother's scenario. It's gonna you be know, it's gonna be ten minutes of Iris crying and Joe holding her. It's gonna be yeah. so dumb. I honestly feel like the the mother scenario would have been better if you'd never introduced the mom. But if you just found out that you she know, died, hey, well, you know that you found out that you know she didn't she didn't die when Joe said she did. You know, you found out that you know that she left Joe and Joe created that that fiction. But yeah. then you found out that she's dead now, that she had the disease, she died, but she never reached back out. And then you find out that there's another child. Or that like, I, she I wrote to Iris, but Joe kept the letters or something. That would have been cool. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I, it, it did feel like wasted time on the episode. But I do think that the you know, they, they dropped that, hey, there's a kid out there. I'm like, oh, that's going to be Wally. That's going to be a thing. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, yeah, Flash has been pretty good. Um, yeah. And did you catch the Kendra reference? You know, Kendra was serving coffee. Somebody oh. had to tell me that one. I did yeah, not catch I didn't that. Catch it. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, oh I'm gonna need some wings. I was, <laughs> I was in my head because I, I, the, the hot girl in my head was like the Justice League cartoon hot girl look. Right, right. So I didn't catch that. Like, 
But yeah, no, that I'm cool with that. I just yeah. didn't. Someone had to point yeah. it out to me because um, Hawkman and Hawk Girl are supposed to be in the big crossover. Yeah. The uh, the Arrow Flash crossover for the season, which I like those, but I don't know that it's a good idea for them to keep having these big crossovers mm-hmm. because some people do watch just one show. They can who, get who over those it. people. Yeah, yeah they can get over people. it. I don't know who those people are. There are a batch of people that like just Arrow, and then another batch that are watching just Flash. I can actually understand that because they are two very different tastes, but too damn bad. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm watching pretty much everything DC does TV show right now. I mean, uh, my wife and I still love iZombie. No idea if it follows the comic at all because I've never read the comic, but yeah. the show yeah, but- is a lot of fun. You're not watching Gotham, Wayne, so you can't be done. Uh, no, oh, no, good point. I did drop Gotham. God, I love Gotham. <laughs> but I picked up Supergirl. Man. Well, you know, there is a possibility that Supergirl, Arrow, and The Flash could cross over because uh, CBS has ownership in all three of those. You you keep your goddamn Supergirl out of the <laughs> Flash and Arrow. Well, and that's the thing is I don't think they would do it because – because Supergirl establishes that Superman has been around a while, right? Yeah, no, I do. That I do doesn't think that it fit Arrow or Flash to have had superpowers before, right? Because they their assumption is always if somebody has superpowers, it came from the reactor explosion. Yeah, or the wormholes. But but Stephen Amell said that it could happen. So and you know Stephen Amell, he made the Constantine thing happen. Friend to the masses, Stephen Amell. That's right. That's right. Um, he's my he's my good friend. I've got a picture of his arms hovering around me. Absolutely. Uh, to demonstrate. <laughs> um, I, and, and it's not on the outline, so I'm going to do a poll here. Oh, um, God. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been really good this season, too. Seriously, I have not started watching it yet. I've got, I've, I've got it all recorded, and I will be watching it. I just haven't started it yet. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it, you know, uh, streaming on Netflix just just as soon as I finish watching the original season of Heroes. So, oh come on. So, <laughs> as we're continuing to talk about TV shows, then the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon is really good too. I have not seen it yet. Oh, it is good. It's uh, like I said, it basically takes the Guardians from the movie. You know that kind of that voice of them, and. My wife and I are both watching it and really enjoying it. It's uh, unfortunately, when it comes to uh, Marvel cartoons lately, they've gone the kiddie route for them, yeah, and gone for the younger demographic. And they didn't do that with Guardians. I will have to check it out. I, you know, I keep forgetting that it's even on. Aaron, you can only check it out if you have time because I'm assigning into the Borderlands for you. Oh, into You're the what? Badlands, you mean? Into the Badlands, yeah. Oh, you and me. That looks hot, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, and that starts, what is this? I haven't heard of it. That starts tomorrow. That starts tomorrow night. So I will watch it before we record next week so we can have our Into the Badlands All right. conversation. All right, fair enough. What is Into the Badlands? I've never heard it of it. It is a new series on that that's debuting on AMC Sunday night. After Walking Dead. After The Walking Dead. And it is, I'm not really clear on what time frame it's set, but it's set in America, but it's all kung fu, uh, martial arts, sword fighting. Um, it's like, you know, the Chinese settled uh, the Americas and or conquered the Americas or whatever. And it just, it, it is, it looks so stinking Hong Kong cinema badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, the previews are amazing, Wayne. They're just I amazing. need to watch previews for this show. It is so, I mean, they, they did an extended trail. They've been running clips of it for, God, probably eight months. But they did an extended trailer last week, and I just salivated watching that thing. It just looks fan-freaking-tastic. So, yeah, Tim, you and I are down. All right. The Sons of Thunder will watch this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, speaking, so, of, speaking of Thunder, Aaron. Yeah, I know. You going to bring it? Yeah, I'm going to bring it. Thor's 4 came out. That's right. A it's Secret the, Wars tie-in. Yep. The, the last Thors, I, I do believe here. I did, as it is the very last Thors. Um, tell me about it. It was really good until, like, the 616 new Thor came in there. <laughs> yeah, Jane Foster Thor. I wanted, like, I wanted more Rune Thor, Ultimate Thor beatdown. Yeah. I wanted I wanted that to be the entire issue. And the reason it wasn't is because it had to tie into Secret Wars. They needed, they, they needed something to happen. Can I complain about that? Sure, shoot. So, 
this whole series has has really kind of existed independent of what's going on in the in the main Secret Wars books, right? I mean, it's been its own mystery. Something else is going on. You know, you're getting to see the Thor police force, you know, wandering around uh, the you know battle world, you know, because they're the only ones who are really allowed to cross all the territories, right? And it's been really cool. And you've had this this murder mystery going on, and Loki is your prime suspect, and you know, it's 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 all very procedural. And then in this issue, all of a sudden, it ties in to Secret Wars number seven. And I feel like that's where it kind of lost its momentum. Whereas, and typically in in uh, tie-ins on on event books like this, it's the fact that they're not tying in that bugs you, right? I was really happy that this was kind of existing on its own, and I feel like where it really lost its wind is exactly what you said: is when Jane Foster Thor shows up, and you know she's like, you know, we can do this together, yeah, you know, rousing speech, like she's the best Thor there's ever been. And, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call, I, I am gonna call a little bullshit on that, not because she's a woman, because she's such a new Thor, right? She doesn't have the experience that any of these other guys have, and it really bugged the shit out of me. So you know, the other thing, it's the other been, thing I uh, caught. Well, go ahead. Wayne. I, say, I I will say out of all of these tie-ins they've done for uh, Secret Wars, some of them have been incredible, and every single one of them has suffered when they've tied into the main storyline. Yeah. I so I didn't catch that like Outcast Thor was the mighty Thor. <laughs> like that's right. that was something that and I should have, but I I haven't been reading since like the whole losing his arm thing and all that bull. Right. So I didn't catch that, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And the fact that he left the hammer was pretty was a pretty good Jason Aaron move, considering what's happening right now. You mean when he threw the hammer? Or is that what you're talking about? The no, end of the no, no. Like, okay, so he he bet he like he's taking oh, home see. a piece of the destroyer, right? And he yeah, walks by right. Runic Thor laying there, uh, you know, on the ground, beaten, and his hammer's on there because he couldn't yeah. pick it up. You're right. And he's like, nah. <laughs> He yeah. keeps walking. That was yeah. that was that was pretty clever considering yeah. what had happened. Yeah, maybe next time. Maybe next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I really liked everything about this book except the tie-in to Secret War Seven, um, and and that just bugged me. I, I and I really I think that it's kind of a mistake because I think otherwise this entire series stands up on its own. You could read it independent of the Secret Wars book. And it's a great Thor story, and it's it, it's one of those things where I'm like, I really like more of this. You know, I'd love more stories told with the Thors in this reality. But we said that about Jason Aaron too. It's like, can we have old Thor, medium Thor, and young Thor on a boat yeah, all, going through space? The, yeah, all the time, yeah. every week. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, can we have yeah. that? No. Yeah. Okay. Can we have Thor cops? Can yeah. that be a thing? God, no. Thor cops is so. That's cool. not what we're getting. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. So. so and I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going off the. I'm not going off the boat. I'll be okay. <laughs> so, Secret Wars number seven came out. The long-awaited Secret Wars number seven by Jonathan Hickman, art by Asad Ribic, um, came out this week. And you know, long-awaited, very exciting. Uh, things things are coming together. It's hitting the fan. What do we think about Secret Wars number seven, Wayne? I hated it. <laughs> Tell me why you hated it, Wayne. I have loved Secret Wars up until this point. And as of this issue, there are a couple of major issues I have. One of them is that now the number one issues are coming out. So the entire momentum of the whole series is gone for me because I know what the universe is going to kind of look like afterwards. And there's none of that mystery of how is this going to form. Mm -hmm. So it's basically the momentum has been utterly cut off by it being late and there being, you know, issues out afterwards. Then you come to the big fight scene and all of these characters are showing up that make no sense if you've read their miniseries. Yeah, well, the Apocalypse uh, is dead. Yeah, well, the Maestro, for instance. Yeah, the Maestro you know, shows up out of nowhere with, you know, a, uh, a helicarrier and all of the Hulks from... You know, from the uh, from uh, which the series Hulk, was the Hulk worlds? Yeah. yeah, that made no sense based on what we saw of Maestro. Right. So on the last page of the Maestro book, we see Maestro imprisoned for eternity, uh, living his dream. Right. You know, he, yeah. was, he was just trapped in his head about conquering doom, but he was, you know, in a in a sense, in a prison. 
And so to, to see Maestro all of a sudden come riding in on this helicarrier with all these hulks makes absolutely no fucking sense. Yeah, I mean, all of these barons show up, mm-hmm. and none of them are... You know, most of the barons are either dead or taken out in their own books. Mm-hmm. But they show up for the big battle. Like, their books didn't matter in any way. And to be honest, their well, books were a lot better than the main series. And their books actively contradict what's going on in the main book. And that's, I mean, if they had just established there's more than one maestro, right? You know, that there yeah. are alternate maestros, but they never did that. And same for Apocalypse. Right. The Age of Apocalypse book, Apocalypse is killed. Yeah. Yet here he is leading an army, and the sinister head chop off thing was just ridiculous too. But I, the, my big my my I have a problem with the fact that we introduce these survivors of the six one six you know early on in the series, and then you really don't see anything from them, and in rather short order they put together this you know amazing effort to take down Doom. It, it just it seems like we're just pulling things, you know, out of the air versus building suspense. Well, and um, what's bugging me is there's all this effort to take down Doom when Doom is not really the bad guy here. Well, but I don't think they understand how Doom's holding the world together. Yeah, because, right. I mean, the only reason there is a world at all is because of Doom. Yeah. But, you know, I get Reed Richards, you know, the guy's... Uh, <laughs> the guy stole his family. I'm gonna want to. I'm, I'm gonna want to settle that up. Oh, yeah, and in fairness, that's one thing I did. I have really liked about the series is that out of everything Doom put together, who who are the people that Doom was most concerned about and making sure you know were dealt with? It's the Fantastic Four. He right. deals with Human Torch. He deals with Thing. He marries Sue, and there are no reads anywhere except for the two that just popped through. Right. So, I mean, I, I did kind of get a kick out of that, that as he's creating it, whether intentional or subconscious, it's the Fantastic Four that he's most concerned about. So, Tim? This seems like a whole bunch of fluff, like fluffing up to the battle. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pages of, oh, these guys show up, these guys show up, these guys didn't show up. It's like, it, uh, get to the point. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like... Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't like the Chitala King of the Zombies thing. I, I you oh, know, I forgot to complain uh, about that. And who is know, Max? Are uh, we Max supposed to know that character? Max, yeah, I don't know who the hell that is. He, he's Black Bolt's brother. Okay, that oh, was uh, well, here you go. Mad Maximus. I didn't realize Maximus that was supposed to be Maximus because it didn't look right. Yeah, is, is Captain Marvel related to uh, Mister Sinister? Which Captain Marvel are we talking about? There are a couple of Captain Marvels. The red bucket helmet. <laughs> yeah, the, lady, lady, I was wondering about Captain that too. What the deal? What's the deal with Carol and Sinister? Yeah, no I idea. don't understand. No idea. Um, I understand not. I, like, I, I felt like we don't. We didn't need eight issues, and here we get eight issues. Or, you know, we're gonna get another one. We don't need yeah. nine issues. Eight would have been okay, apparently, if they'd have condensed yeah. this down some. Eh. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm going to keep just, reading it, you know. Yeah. But I, I was disappointed because I really enjoyed this this uh, miniseries, but I really think that that issue seven was a big letdown. Yeah. None I mean, of the, the series, none of my issues was the all, art, had, by the way. Oh yeah, the art's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, art's great. But the series had first has had the rug pulled out from under it because it was late, and now we get to the uh, as we start to get to the climax, it's having story problems because they just didn't have editors coordinating. And that's my biggest complaint about it here is that and they should have had an editor over the Secret War stuff that was just keeping things straight. Yeah. Someone that says, oh, you want to use Apocalypse in the final battle. Sorry, he died in his series right. that people or, enjoyed. Or, or, hey, you can't kill him off in your miniseries because we're going to use him in the final battle. You know exactly. Yeah. All you need is one guy doing the coordination that yeah. says, this is the state that we need these characters in for the final battle. Yeah. Do what you're you know, going to do in your miniseries, but we need them here at the final battle leading this army. It's one thing for Marvel not to give a shit about continuity, and we've had that conversation before, but it's another thing entirely to not give a shit about continuity within the same story. 
you know, and that's uh, again very frustrated about the maestro thing in this book. So, anyhow, I'm hoping it redeems itself in issues eight or nine or whatever comes after that. Um, you know, I'm still not picking up new Marvel books, uh, which I, which I did. Which, okay, so you want to talk to me about it? Like real quickly. Um, yeah. This is gonna be a this is gonna be an, un- an ongoing thing. So I flipped <laughs> through I flipped through Avengers one, and I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to buy it because the art was so terrible. Right. It was so terrible. And Hawkeye's one, it seems like the like the the spiritual uh, predecessor to the Matt Fraction Hawkeyes because it has Kate Bishop and Hawkeye in it. And I got it, and the story was okay, but the art is so bad. Like I can't I can't get another one. So I'm with you. I wanted to get the book when I saw it was going to be Kate Bishop, but I did the comicsology read the first three pages thing. Oh god! And I hated the art. It just it bothered me so much. It's yeah. I I don't know if everybody's busy <laughs> <laughs> or or what. Um, and you know what? I I fully understand that sometimes the style is just not my style, and that doesn't mean it's bad. Right. This is just bad. Like like is like. They're trying to draw Kate Bishop as older in some of the scenes, and she looks 60, not like 30, like they're trying to do. It's it's terrible. So you're not missing anything, Aaron. I think, well, I, I think I, you need good art to get me on board. And you know what? Mark Wade writing Avengers sounds like it should win. Right. Yeah. What well, you are missing, Aaron, is Iron Man. Iron Man has actually been very good. Well, we'll see. I, you know, I'm not picking up any of them until uh, uh, Secret Wars is over, and then I'll make some decisions then. So, but you know, Wayne, you and I read a DC book this week, uh, Max Landis's Superman American Alien, and uh, I got to ask you a question, Wayne. Did you ever watch Max Landis's pitch for uh, a renewed Death and Return of Superman? Yeah, it was uh, one of the things that made me nervous about reading this book. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a little horrifying because you see a lot of his armpit hair throughout that 46-minute uh, uh, video he does about his pitch. Um, it's but, you one know, of the things where I know he likes the character, uh-huh. but he seems woefully misinformed on a character he thinks he likes and takes all these liberties with the character when he talks about him. So it's... When it came time for this book, I I wasn't sure what to expect. Well, I, I same here. I you know I, I I appreciate the energy and enthusiasm he had for his uh, you know uh, reimagined Death and Return of Superman, but you know uh, I think that DC was correct not to produce that book. <laughs> you know, um, but so I was I was curious about how this was going to go, and I really love. Nick Dragota's artwork over on uh, East of West, you know, the Jonathan Hickman book for Image. I think that artwork really works. I was dubious about whether or not that artwork would work for a Superman book. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little manga-esque. Um, it's very stylized. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, uh, you know, Dragota is not a big, you know, muscle-on-top-of-muscle superhero artist. Um, you know, has very much an indie flair to his style, uh, which again I think works really well on East of West. Um, there's a there's a very clean line that he draws when he's drawing technology that that I really respond to. So he tells a story over in uh, this book, uh, Superman American Alien, about Clark being a young child discovering his powers. Wayne, what'd you think? I'm kind of torn. The first, so I picked it up after reading the first few pages, and I really like what he did with Clark. Mm-hmm. I like how he wrote it. I I thought the art was fine for Clark as well. I'd, what I disliked about the book was um, basically Ma and Pa Kent. I really don't like his Jonathan Kent. I don't like the way it looks. <laughs> I don't like the voice of it. I don't like anything about it. Ma Kent, I thought they did a better job with, but. The problem was they didn't really do anything with her. She's, with the exception of, like, the beginning, I thought did a good job, the first few pages. Other than that, she is so bland and not really a character through the whole book that it just, it was a very interesting concept for a story that didn't reach the payoff. I think I'm going to give it issue two because there are going to be different points in his life, and I'm curious what they're going to do with it. 
Mm-hmm. But I was disappointed in the book overall, because mostly because of the Kents. I really disliked what they did with the Kents. So I disagree with you. Um, but I think it's because uh, I have, while I don't prefer Jonathan and Mary, I think, Kent. I don't think they call her Martha. Do I have that right? Um, the Kents, anyway, um, are... They are remade for the new 52. They are not our Jonathan and Martha Kent that we know from, you know, post-crisis. Uh, post- yeah, it was – he was Go way on. too energetic and – I don't know. He seems like a 20-something-ish. Well, that's the Jonathan. idea. The, 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 the Kents are younger. Um, I'll be honest. What I wanted was a Jonathan Snyder Kent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I the, wanted, yeah, I wanted like from Smallville type. I thought they did a good job of uh, Jonathan and Martha as younger characters there. Sure, but you know, you still had some of the same qualities of the original. You know, I say the original, the Kents that you and I like. You know, post John Byrne, right? Uh, where it's Ma and Pa, and you know, they are world wise, and you know, always keep Clark grounded. The the Kents in the New Fifty Two, and in in particular in the Max Landis story. Are people who are still trying to figure it out, you know? And I don't know if you read that back page where it's kind of a uh, a collage of items, you know, telling the story of the Kents. But you know, it shows that uh, uh, you know Clark's mother was pregnant uh, before uh, they got Clark, but lost the baby in a car accident. And after that, you know, she's on Prozac, so she's you know struggling with depression. Jonathan is struggling with a failed business and, you know, not really embracing, you know, life in Smallville, Kansas. You know, these these are folks who have lived a life prior to Clark and who are not uh, the stalwart character examples that we saw in the earlier books. Well, Again, and I, I liked the, that and I would have liked to have seen a little bit of struggling Jonathan. Mm-hmm. But well, I think this you're Jonathan wasn't struggling. He was overly energetic. I think well, I think he's energetic because he was he's excited about you know some of the things with his son. But you know you do see those moments where he's like I don't know I don't know about this situation and you know uh, you know Clark's mom is is saying well he is our son you know we're going to take care of this because he's our son we would never do that and you can tell Jonathan's struggling with you know how they're embracing the, their adopted child. Um, you know I think that Jonathan in the New Fifty Two finally gets there. Uh, but of course, we also lose the Kents at a much earlier age than we did in those other stories. So I really responded to this. I, I, I felt like the Dragota artwork really worked for this story. Um, I got a kick out of, <laughs> you know, Clark can't help but float away, you know, because he can't control his flying powers. And so they borrow a crop duster to hook. Uh, Clark out of the sky, and as they're, the plane is racing towards him, Clark's like, this is a bad idea! This is a really bad idea! Uh, I, I, I I thought it was great. I, so, I, I, I really enjoyed this book. I enjoyed dealing with him not being able to control the flying. I thought that was a really good touch. It kind of ties into something I don't like, though, that uh, I've seen in different versions of the Superman story. There is no way when Superman shows up that a whole batch of people in Smallville don't look at it and go, oh, hey, that's Clark. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I got a problem with the fact that the, that the pilot of the crop duster now knows that Clark can fly, you know. But and a I, bunch I, of people at the, uh, you know, at the drive-in. At the movie theater, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's but, one of those things where I have the same issue with, you know, a lot of the, uh, the new takes on superheroes they're doing is the new take is, seems to basically be... As a kid, you can't keep the secret. Or even as an adult, you can't keep a secret identity. A secret identity is just not possible. And I like secret identities. There was a a great lesson that Jonathan teaches Clark, right? And, you know, Clark goes to see the movie E.T. and then kind of freaks out at the end of the movie when, you know, the, the, the government is coming in and hauling E.T. away. And, he, you know, he, he's really identifying with the E.T. character. And so he he goes to the bathroom, you know, after having, uh, you know, had a display there in the drive-in theater. Um, he goes to the bathroom and then punches through a wall. And, you know, his dad's like, you know, you're not in trouble because you lost control of your powers. You're in trouble because you acted like a jerk. And, you know... Clark doesn't address that. He just, you know, changes the subject. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm so unhappy. I'm I so unhappy. love yeah. that moment when he gets it, though, 
That yeah. was the whole book was worth his comment. Yeah, are Where you talking about uh, on the steps later on? Yep, the yeah, entire so- book was worth that one conversation. The uh, young Clark realizing, you know, that anything that he breaks, there were all of these people that put work and effort into it. Yeah, and so if he's not careful and if he just, you know, lashes out and breaks things, then he's being a jerk. So Clark says, when you break something, you're not just breaking the thing. You're, like, hurting everyone who made it the way it was. I feel like a jerk. And I, you're absolutely right. It was – it didn't happen on the page where his dad was, you know, schooling him. It happened pages later after, you know, other things have happened in the story where it finally settles in. And it was just such a true moment. Uh, you know, and it's fundamental to who Superman is. So that's one of those things I'm like, yeah, I mean, sure, all these other elements have changed in the New 52 that we don't like, but there is an element that is true for Superman, true for Clark, Clark Kent. I really liked this book, Wayne. Yeah, I mean, that that scene alone, like I said, that made the whole yeah. book for me. And it's yeah. why I'm giving it a second issue to see this, yeah. see him during a different period in his life. Because I've talked about it many times. I don't like what they've done with Superman in the New 52. He doesn't feel right. like Superman. He doesn't – I don't see the New 52 Superman giving that speech that young Clark did. Sure. And so, that, that is core Superman, that speech. So uh, this is, I think, a seven-issue series, and uh, each book is a different snapshot and a different period in the life of Superman. Um, each book will have a different tone and a different artist. So Nick Dragota, this is his story that he drew, but you'll have different artists throughout the run. Max Landis uh, writes the whole thing. You're going to have, uh, as Max Landis describes it, a hyper-violent issue. You'll have a romantic, sexy issue, um, perhaps a funny issue, another violent issue. Um, but yeah, you're, you're going to have different tones and thus different artists in each of these books. So I'm interested. I'm interested and I'm in for the next issue. But that said, Wayne, what's coming out next week? So first thing I want to hit on is something by DC that's been uh, talked about for a while, but it's finally coming out. Batman Europa number one. Uh, this is Jim Lee doing the art on a Batman book. And uh, the whole concept is that uh, Batman's on the verge of being taken down by a virus. And Joker is the only one who can cure him because Joker's the one that uh, infected him. And I think I'm going to give this a shot because it's kind of an out of it's obviously an out of continuity one but I like Jim Lee's Batman. I've always liked his art on Batman. So I'm going to give that one a shot. Uh, Other than that from DC uh, we've got Action Comics coming out. I know you're probably excited about that. I won't be picking it up. Uh, We have... None of us are reading Doomed, but Doomed number six is coming out. Not really a lot from DC. Uh, Titans Hunt number two, though, is coming out. And I know we all read Titans Hunt number one. We were all excited about that. There were some Uh, things to like there. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good book. Uh, And then from Marvel, we have uh, Astonishing Ant-Man number two, Black Knight number one. Are you going to pick that one up, Aaron? No. I'm not. I kind of like the character as a background Avenger character, but I don't need to see a book of it. Unless it's a Star Wars book, there are no new Marvel number ones for me until after Secret Wars. I'm holding firm. Ah. Uh, then you won't be picking up Mighty Thor number one, Miss Marvel number one, Secret Wars two, T O O number one, Spider Woman number one, <laughs> uh, Star Lord number one. Uh, oh, is, that the, is that the Kitty Pride Star Lord? Yeah, I think so. Oh, shit. (laughs) Uncanny Avengers Annual, number one. So there's a lot of number ones coming out from Marvel next week. And uh, a few other books that, uh, like, Kanan number eight is coming out. Oh, Sam, in for that. Uh, There's a Darth Vader down number one, but I think it's going to be a, like, an alternate cover. Because didn't they already do start Darth Vader down? I think they did, yeah. That's what I thought, too. Uh, I'm finding I'm interested in seeing what they do with some of the X-Men books. So the Extraordinary X-Men number two comes out next week. I may actually go back and pick up Extraordinary X-Men number one. Because for some reason, I'm on a bit of an X-Men kick right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what triggered it. But I think it was all of the Secret Wars books that I read. 
I've read two or three of the X-Men related miniseries. So I have all this uh, hope for the old style X-Men and they won't give me any of that, I'm sure. Very good. All right. Well, lots of stuff coming out next week. More fuel for conversation, plus our Into the Badlands conversation next week. So so come on back to ideologyofmadness.com for more of your funny books goodness. Bye, everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.